It is nine after the hour. I am Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk on October 12th, 2017. James Comey said, I have gotten emails from some employees about this who said if I did what Hillary Clinton did, I'd be in huge trouble. My response is you bet your A-double-S you'd be in big trouble. Turns out, James Comey was doing exactly the same thing, using a personal private email address instead of the FBI address, uh, as were, were Strzok and Page, the FBI agents investigating Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, In fact, they were coordinating their investigation of Hillary Clinton's uh, email server and private emails using their private emails. I kid you not. Let me give you just two big takeaways before we break this down. The Inspector General report is out. There is also other big news today. A statewide candidate, um, his house was in a fire. Uh, The GBI is now investigating. It is a year-old situation, and suddenly the GBI is investigating. The guy's running for statewide office. And also, the New York Times has a big story just out in the last 15 minutes on um, Casey Cagle and uh, allegations of ethical impropriety with the lobbyist. uh, And we will get to that story. But uh, we got to stick with the inspector general first. John Podhoritz of um, Commentary and the um, the New York Post, I think he, first of all, makes a really, really good point that is ultimately one of the best summations of the Inspector General report. If everyone had followed established practice and policy, none of this would have happened. From Comey's behavior to the appearance of anti-Trump bias, It wouldn't have happened. And I mean everything. Lynch not recusing, but recusing herself. Comey making the decision to speak July 5th. Strzok and Page revealing themselves on text and having an affair. McCabe slow walking the wiener stuff. If everyone had followed policy and procedure, none of this would have happened. But they only want to blame Donald Trump for screwing up the norms. That, I think, is one of the big takeaways here. The Democratic appointees and the Democrat-leaning FBI agents did not follow policy. They did not follow accepted norms. And they did not follow practice. Now, the inspector general says that he can find no evidence that partisanship affected the outcomes of the investigation. I can find one, and it is actually a funny, 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 funny moment. It is actually you may wreck, you'll be laughing. So I mean, it really is. I don't mean to. I don't. I don't mean to make. Light. I, I'm serious, people. You may not want to be on the road. There, there actually is. You can see in this, though. The inspector general says there's none. There is an obvious moment of partisanship by an FBI agent that directly affected the election in the United States. This is this is juicy irony. Listen, you may actually laugh so hard if you're in your car, you so you got to you got to be careful with this one. 
So Strzok and Page are convinced that Donald Trump is colluding with the Russians. They're convinced of it. And so Strzok decides, because remember now, there was legitimate, there were legitimate intelligence, signal intelligence and, and human intelligence flags that the Russians were trying to affect the election. That's not disputed by the Trump campaign or the Clinton campaign. It's true. And there were Russians who were trying to get meetings with the, the Trump folks. Well, Strzok and Page hate Trump so much, they're so in the tank for Clinton, that they see this and they, they conclude, oh, Trump must be trying to collude with the Russians. We better investigate this. So they steer all their resources away from the Clinton investigation to the Trump-Russia investigation. And then as they're circling through, trying to, to make sure they can conclude the, the Clinton stuff, they realize in their haste to go look at Donald Trump and Russia, they forgot to look at Huma Abedin's laptop. So they had to redirect resources to look at Huma Abedin's laptop. And James Comey felt compelled to tell the public that they were having to reopen the investigation and look at this laptop. <laughs> Had they not been so obsessed with Donald Trump, James Comey's letter the week before the election saying that the Clinton, th the Clinton investigation was ongoing and there was new stuff they had to look at involving whom Abedin, he never would have sent the letter. It would have been wrapped up by August or September would have been wrapped up, but because, because Strzok was so adamant, they had to get Trump. They had to get Trump. They took resources off the Clinton case and applied them to the Trump case. They've never found any collusion between Trump and the Russians, but by redirecting resources, they had to go back and cover their tracks and wrap up the investigation. And Comey had to come out and say, wait, 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 we didn't actually close the investigation. It's still ongoing. I've got an obligation because I told Congress that the investigation was over and it's not, I got to be public about it. <laughs> so essentially you could, you could credibly make the argument that struck and page and Comey helped get Donald Trump elected because they were so convinced they had to stop him that they redirected resources. Now, Again, a, a, the the inspector general says there there's no evidence that partisanship altered the election or or impacted the investigation. What he you you do need to understand what he means by that because I see a lot of people dismissing it out of hand here. What he means by that in the report is that there were so many agents involved in the investigation, and most of the senior agents had no trail of political comments. Some of them were Republican that he can find nothing to say the decisions they ultimately made in either case were based on partisanship. But what he can find is that several of the agents were decisively hostile to Donald Trump. And I don't think you can say anything other than that their hostility to Trump affected how they wanted to do their job. One of the real ironies to come out of the inspector general's report today is that we know that struck and page lobbied James Comey to be more aggressive in the Clinton investigation. They actually, th this is counterintuitive. 
because they hated Trump so much. They wanted they wanted to pour resources in the May, June, July period into the Clinton investigation. They wanted to bring her before a grand jury. They they wanted to bring her before. It was James Comey who prevented it. The agents, they hated Trump so much, and yet they wanted to bring Hillary Clinton before a grand jury. And Comey wouldn't let it. Who comes out of this looking really bad or not really struck in page because we already knew they were bad characters. James Comey has tried to build himself up into this, into sainthood. And he comes across looking like an idiot. Like a, a an idiot who he doesn't even have strongly partisan motivations. He's just incompetent. I have to say, reading this report today, I am more and more convinced that there is no there there when it comes to the Trump-Russia collusion. I, I, I don't believe there is. I think that the FBI agents were so hostile to Donald Trump that they viewed everything through a prism of the worst possible light. They gave him no benefit of the doubt. And as a result of that, they leapt to conclusions that were not there, including that he was working with the Russians. And that's where the partisanship comes in that the IG says, is it there? That partisanship, those FBI agents should be fired. They should be fired today, as a matter of fact. It is a wonder some of them are still around. If you're struggling to come up with a present for your dad for Father's Day, I've got a great one for you. It's actually a really cool website called Man Crates. Man Crates has hand-packaged gifts for every type of dad. There's, for example, there's a knife-making kit. There's a whiskey appreciation kit. There's a, I shouldn't even say kit, they're crates. They're wooden crates. They actually come with a crowbar for you to be able to open the crate. If you go to my Instagram page at EW Erickson, you'll see. Um, you can get them for chefs. Uh, you can get them for hobbyists, hunters, fishermen, um, dads who like barware, dads who like sports, you name it. It's it's really got gifts for everyone. I really love the concept, and I actually like the products. I've actually got a bar set of pint glasses and coasters engraved with my name from man crates really handy useful stuff your dad will love get your special father's day discount today at mancrates.com slash eric e-r-i-c-k it's a limited time offer it's only for father's day so you got to go today that's mancrates.com slash eric e-r-i-c-k mancrates m-a-n-c-r-a-t-e-s dot com slash eric you got to go to Man Crates, folks. Father's Day is coming up. Get your dad something really cool and unique and with a crowbar. It is 26 after the hour, and have I got a deal for you guys. It's actually a really good deal. It's something I myself have taken advantage of. It is Harry's Razors. And by the way, I, I got to I gotta acknowledge that uh, Harry's now, they've taken off so much they've become so popular because they really are such a good product. You can get them now at Walmart and Target. Uh, you don't just have to order online. Uh, but if you order online for a limited time only, Harry's has a special offer for my listeners. You can get $5 off a shave set from Harry's with code Erickson at harrys.com. E-R-I-C-K-S-O-N. That means you get a starter set. comes with a five-blade razor, a weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover, all for just three bucks, plus free shipping, when you use the code Erickson, E-R-I-C-K-S-O-N, at harrys.com. 
Uh, it really is a good deal. In fact, I've got a, had another one come right here. Um, I ordered for a gift. In fact, I'll open it for you right here while I'm on air. Believe it or not, it showed up today. On Harry's actually sent me one for doing the ad, and I ordered a separate one because um, I wanted to give it to a buddy of mine who kept pestering me about it. So I'm going to open this one. And the Harry's box, by the way, is fantastic. And this razor blade is so awesome. You know the 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 tiny little like like size of your pinky razor handle that you get with your your two billion dollar razor blade with harry's you actually get a, a sizable weighted handle i really enjoy it it's a great product folks go to harry's.com use the code erickson at checkout uh you're gonna save you're gonna get five dollars off the shave set it really folks this is three bucks plus free shipping you can't lose join millions of guys who switched including myself go to harry's.com today um, let's see. Do I have time to take a phone call? I do believe I have time. I want to go to Jeff in Mayretta. Jeff, how are you? I'm doing great, sir. Thank you. I I, I hope you noticed my skillful pronunciation of Mayretta. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? I just wanted to know if you have any clue on how the Democrats are spinning this. Oh, now. yes, 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 yes. Well, first of all, they're relying on the IG language that, um, that he can't find evidence that partisanship shaped the outcomes of the investigations or the directions of the investigations. Um, the other thing they're relying on is saying, hey, don't look at this one. Look at the New York Attorney General filing a lawsuit against the Trump Foundation. I mean, yeah. Y'all, listen, um, the New York Attorney General actually has a legitimate case against the Trump Foundation. They've got actual the documents in writing where President Trump directed a charitable donation to something related to Mar-a-Lago. But there you cannot convince me, regardless of the merits of that that um, lawsuit, you cannot convince me that the Democrats didn't trot that out today because they needed something to deflect the inspector general's report. I mean, it, it absolutely, the way this has been handled by the Democrats today, they, they literally are on social media saying, well, the inspector general found no partisanship, but look at the inspector, look at the New York attorney general suing the Trump foundation. Have you paid attention to this story? Why aren't you talking about this story? Well, we're not talking about that story because this is such a big deal. There's more on the Inspector General report when we come back, but we do have to get into that suit and this investigation into Casey Cagle by the New York Times. Uh, this is going to be a big story when it comes out. It looks like it's continuing to shape up in the Times. The staggering, just incompetent and ineptitude at the FBI, the Inspector General report just reveals a badly run organization. Remember the media efforts to put James Comey on a pedestal? I mean, here, here's an excerpt. Remember, it was just before the election that Comey released his letter saying that uh, they had to reopen part of the Clinton investigation because of the Huma Abedin laptop. On October 27th, 2016, at 5.20 a.m., Andrew McCabe emailed James Comey, I'm reading now from the Inspector General report, stating that the mid-year team, the mid-year team is the team that was conducting the review of the Clinton emails, quote, has come across some additional actions they believe they need to take, end quote, and recommending that they meet that day to discuss implications if Comey had space on his calendar. 
Comey stated that he did not know what this email was about when he received it and did not initially recall that he had been previously notified about the Anthony Weiner whom Abedin laptop. The Inspector General reports, quote, We found that by no later than September 29th, FBI executives and the FBI mid-year team had learned virtually every fact that was cited by the FBI in late October as justification for obtaining the search warrant for the Wiener laptop, including um, that the laptop was in Wiener's uh, possession. Y'all... In other words, what the inspector general is saying is that there was no reason for James Comey to have sent out his letter at the end of October, possibly harming Clinton's chances in the election. That's the funny thing about this this whole inspector general report today is that many of the screw-ups were screw-ups designed to help Hillary Clinton not necessarily explicitly, but implicitly, and they wound up backfiring. But what it also shows is that there's still a lot of questions that need to be answered. Let me read you another report. This is another excerpt. We, this is the Inspector General writing. We are deeply troubled by text messages exchanged between Strzok and Page that potentially indicated or created the appearance that investigative decisions were impacted by bias or improper considerations. Most of the text messages raising such questions pertain to the Russia investigation, which was not a part of this review. Nonetheless, when one senior FBI official, Strzok, was helping to lead the Russian investigation at the time, conveys in a text message to another senior FBI agent, Page, no, no, he won't, we'll stop it. In response to her question, Trump's not going to become president, right? Right? It is, only in, it is not only indicative of a biased state of mind, but even more seriously implies a willingness to take official action to impact the presidential candidate's electoral prospects. This is antithetical to the core values of the FBI and the Department of Justice. Now, here's the mind-blowing thing about this. This is why it raises so many questions. Pay attention to this. Strzok's response to Page that we'll stop it, we'll stop Trump from becoming president, is not only indicative of a biased state of mind, but even more seriously implies a willingness to take official action to impact the presidential candidate's electoral prospects. That is antithetical to the core values of the FBI and the Department of Justice. You got that? You got that? It is antithetical to the core values of the FBI, and it implies a willingness to take official actions. And then most of the text messages raising such questions pertain to the Russia investigation, which was not a part of this review. So we don't know. There could still be more. There could still be more partisan motivated texts that show that the Russia investigation was politically motivated, which you guys know my feeling on Trump. We've been over them repeatedly, but I have long maintained there's no there there with the Russia collusion investigation. I do not believe it. There is no evidence for it. Democrats keep saying, oh, you're not paying attention to this. This is evidence. No, it's not evidence. It's your kooky conspiracy theory because you can't blame Hillary Clinton because she was a crap candidate. Most of the text messages raising questions about bias or improper considerations pertain to the Russia investigation, which was not a part of this review. That suggests to me 
We need the rest of the story. We need the Russia investigation inspector general report, which to my knowledge, there isn't one. There needs to be one. Congress needs to look into this. I think this is a big deal. I mean, because you got them saying they're going to try to stop. You you know what they're going to do? They're going to concoct a Russia collusion conspiracy. I do have to pause here, though, and make a point. We would not be at the point of the Russia investigation independent counsel had the president of the United States exercised just a little bit of discipline and stayed on message. Rod Rosenstein issued an opinion that James Comey should be fired and he should be fired for all of the things the inspector general is listing in this report. And what did the president do? He went on NBC with Lester Holt and said he was firing James Comey because Comey wouldn't publicly clear him in the Russia investigation. Not any one of the excuses that Rod Rosenstein had come up with. It is very clear from the inspector general's report that James Comey should have been fired. But we got the Mueller investigation because the president didn't stick to the script that Rod Rosenstein had helpfully given him. It's Eric Erickson here, 55 after the hour. Let's go back to the phones, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Kurt, you're up next. Welcome. Hey, Eric, how are you? Good, how are you? Doing well. I was just going to say that I really, I agree with you about the whole collusion thing. I don't think that there's no coordinated effort between Trump's campaign and Russia. I don't think nobody was that stupid. But my bigger concern than any of that stuff is, why is he so infatuated with Putin? Yes. And never says anything negative against him. And now on TV publicly saying he wants to get him back in the G8 after there was real legitimate reasons for kicking him out. He really is his own worst enemy. And also telling the G- G7 that Crimea belonged to Russia because they spoke Russian. Um, yes, this, this is the thing that baffles me. I don't believe there's collusion with the Russians, but man, the guy is sucking up to, to Putin and it's not doing him any favors with public opinion. And by the way, there's also a report out today um, that is not being denied by Pentagon officials that the president came up with the idea of getting rid of the of saying they would get rid of the war games with South Korea after talking to Putin. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah, I just, I, you know, I don't know if it's just, just he, he, he wants to be friends with Strongman. I look, Kurt, I, I'm with you. I don't think there's collusion. I, I don't think the Russians stole the election for, for him. I don't think there was coordination. But this wanting to be friends with Vladimir Putin thing, I, I don't know. Maybe he just has in his head that he's Reagan or something and wants to be the next coming of Reagan. I, I don't know. The whole thing is weird. Um, the other thing that's weird this, this Kegel story in the New York Times today. It reads like an opposition research hit. It does. Um, But is there a there there? And then there's another candidate who the GBI may be looking at. Uh, I'll give you the details on what I know when we come back on these two big stories that are coming out, shaking up Georgia elections and the political process here when we come back. Liftoff, we have a liftoff. 
It's nine after the hour. I am Eric Erickson. This is WSB, the phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Um, boy. So a couple of members of the state legislature, uh, State Senator Bill Heath and State Representative Susan Holmes, they're both Kemp supporters and they're asking the U.S. Attorney, B.J. Pack, and the FBI Special Agent Meringue Pack and Fulton County District Attorney Paul Howard uh, to investigate um, the claims made by Cagle that he was blocking money going to Hunter Hill by passing a piece of legislation he thought was bad public policy, but also the claims made by Lindsey Tippins, the chairman of the Senate Education Committee, that Cagle had told him that he would get campaign contributions uh, if the legislation passed, that, that Cagle would get the campaign contributions, not just that Hunter Hill wouldn't, but that Cagle would. Um, so letters been sent to the FBI, the U.S. Attorney, and the, the Fulton County District Attorney to investigate that. Uh, concurrent to that, there is a story out in the New York Times. Uh, it dropped shortly before 5 o'clock about Casey Cagle. Uh, here is the gist of the story by Kevin Sack in the AJC. Uh, you would never get it from the uh, rather innocuous title, by the way. Candidate for Georgia governor bought condo from lobbyist. <gasps> Get her! That, that's, that's not actually the point of the, uh, of the story. The leading Republican candidate in Georgia's high-profile governor's race, Lieutenant Governor Casey Cagle, bought a condominium in downtown Atlanta 10 years ago from a state capital lobbyist seemingly at a discount, a New York Times investigation has found. That's the problem, is the discount. Real estate records show Cagle, who faces a runoff for the Republican nomination on July 24th, purchased the one-bedroom apartment at 24% less than its appraised value, below comparable sales prices, and sold it last year at a 29% profit. He was preparing his run for governor. Um, now, let me just, just skip to the chase on this. Uh, essentially... The lieutenant governor said he bought the apartment to house his three sons as they attended Georgia State University, said he liked the location, posted a notice in the lobby, and got a response from a lobbyist named Mr. Hobbs that he had a unit. Uh, the apartment had been appraised by the Board of Tax Assessors, and remember, the boards of tax assessors tend to undervalue in terms of comparable sales in most cases, that it was $127,800. The lobbyists sold it for $97,000. Uh, now, what makes this so, so particular is that the Board of Tax Assessors for Fulton County labeled the purchase unqualified for appraisal purposes, meaning that um, when they processed it, they said it was outside the bounds of a competitive arm links transaction for purposes of comparable sales data. Uh, the price suggested it may have been influenced by factors other than market value. Now, Cagle says that other one-bedroom apartments had sold for $2,000 less and $11,500 more than his, that he was within the range of value, but the New York Times says upon their review, those units were actually much smaller. Uh, campaign finance records show Mr. Hobbs, the lobbyist, uh, had donated $240,000 to Georgia candidates, including $12,000 to Cagle, $1,700 to Kemp. 
In 2008, shortly before selling the landmark condo to Mr. Cagle, uh, Hobbs reported spending $1,500 during the three-month legislative session to stock a hospitality room there for legislators. Now, all of this, uh, the, the, the allegation here being made is that uh, Cagle was able to buy this apartment uh, for roughly $20,000, $30,000 less than fair market value because of his position. Um, the lobbyist is told the New York times quote, you have all the records there. I have no intention of talking to the press about anything. Thank you. And hung up and hasn't said anything else. Um, this is just a drip, drip, drip of campaign impropriety stories coming on the heels of the Clay Tippin story. Now, all right, Rich in LJ, I'm going to let you make this point cause I was going to make it, but you might as well. Hey, Eric, how are you? I'm good. How about yourself? Doing good. Um, Aside from from the real estate issues and, and all that, uh, there's a direct quote here where the New York Times goes into uh, Kemp. You know, you know, they did a piece and had a principal piece about Kemp. Kemp separated himself with light-hearted ad that emphasized his political incursions. Yeah. Yeah, that was let, a bit let, of a red me, flag to me. Yeah, yeah, so there's two paragraphs on uh, Kemp and the data breach and being in a lawsuit by lenders who claim he and other sure. investors defaulted. And it's basically a, oh, we're not just going to make this about Casey Cagle, even though it is. We're going to add three paragraphs about Brian Kemp, um, which then, to me, well, go ahead, go ahead. And then there was the usual about uh, Abrams' historic candidacy and, and uh, changing demographics. Um, but it seems to me that the left is engineering a Kemp Abrams matchup. When will light-hearted political incorrectness quote, turn into right-wing extremism? Yeah, yeah, in that in that publication. Listen, I, I the I I don't actually think this was a an Abrams hit though. Um, I, I'll disagree with you a little bit on that, but yes, I listen. I was actually going to say in another segment. I'll go on and get there, Rich. Thanks for the phone call, by the way. Um, I have it on exceedingly good authority that um, Stacey Abrams wants to run against Brian Kemp. Um, very much wants to run against Brian Kemp. But I just I'm reading this story and I'm thinking uh, this is this is Kemp opposition research. Y'all reporters don't go through and do this sort of stuff. Somebody does it for them. I've played this game. I, I was a political consultant. Um, the, the New York Times did not generate the story on its own. It, it it fell into their lap. They were given the tips and they 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 certainly tracked them down and they confirmed them. Good for them. But I I, I my, my guess is this is more of a Kemp thing. Kemp generated story. It doesn't. But this doesn't mean the story's not invalid. And that's the other detail here. You you do have to know this doesn't mean the story. If it was opposition research, even if it was opposition research generated by Stacey Abrams or Brian Kemp or or Clay Tippins for that matter. Um. It's still a valid story, and there are still issues there that are the New York Times is raising that did Cagle use his influence to get a discount uh, that you or I could not have gotten. Um, there are lots of people with lots of concerns, for example, in Washington, D.C., that the Inspector General report shows there are two Americas, uh, one for the privileged and rich and one for the rest of us. And the privileged and rich get treated better as long as they have the proper worldview and culture, cultural views on uh, liberal so uh, 
socialist policy and whatnot, they get better treatment than the rest of us. They have access to better lawyers. The FBI is willing to turn a blind eye to their behavior, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and there's a huge outrage among people about that in Washington, but it goes on in the states as well. And, and this some will look at and say that's what this is, that he was able to use his position and power to be able to get a better deal than anyone else listening to this program uh, could have gotten. And that's actually not the way it's supposed to work under ethics laws. Uh, even if it does happen. Um, that's part of the frustration with this political season or the number of people saying, well, yeah, I know it's not supposed to happen, but it happens anyway. Uh, well, if it's not supposed to happen, it's not supposed to happen. Now, Cagle can defend himself, and yes, I do think part of the defense is this is an opposition research hit generated uh, in the, the liberal New York Times by an opponent. I think that's fair to bring up. Uh, and I'm not sure that this is a monumental scandal, um, but if it's a drip, 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 death by a thousand cut strategy, uh, based on what I'm hearing about polling from some of the third-party groups who are thinking of weighing in on the race right now, it, it appears this is having a real impact on Casey Cagle's candidacy. You have probably seen the Dollar Shave Club ads. They're actually really awesome, uh, really, really funny ads. I was one of the original Dollar Shave Club members when they came out. I mean, I totally sold into the, bought into the ads. Really, really a, a cool shave club idea. It delivers everything you need to look, feel, and smell your best. Uh, you name it. They've got shampoo, conditioner, body wash, toothpaste, hair gel, even a wipe that'll leave your bottom feeling tingly clean. Dollar Shave Club is more than just razor blades. It has all these other things, and there's a great way to try a bunch of Dollar Shave Club's products. For just $5, you can get their Daily Essential Starter Set. It comes with Body Cleanser, One Wipe Charlie's, their Amazing Butt Wipes, their world-famous Shave Butter, and their Best Razor, the Six Blade Executive Six Blades. Keep the blades coming for a few bucks more a month and add in shampoo, toothpaste, anything else you need for your bathroom. Check it all out at dollarshaveclub.com Eric. That's dollarshaveclub.com Eric, E-R-I-C-K. It is 25 after the hour. Eric Erickson here. The phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You know, here's one of the, the interesting aspects from the IG report. Uh, Strzok very clearly did not like Donald Trump, told his mistress that they would work to stop him, uh, suggested that the investigation was, um, that the Mueller investigation would lead to Trump's impeachment. But he also said in the text, let's not forget, that he didn't actually think there was a there there. He didn't want to work on the Mueller investigation because he didn't think they would actually uncover anything. But I do think that it is worth pointing out, because uh, among Republicans, you're not going to get this a lot. Um, Strzok also thought that the Department of Justice had Stockholm Syndrome when it came to Hillary Clinton. He wanted a much more aggressive investigation to Clinton, wanted it to haul her before grand jury because he thought that the DOJ and the FBI uh, were not being aggressive enough. And in part, he thought they weren't being aggressive enough because they all thought that she was going to become president. They all wanted to suck up to her. So he wanted a grand jury investigation. <laughs> Delicious irony. He hated Trump, but he felt like the DOJ and the FBI were treating Clinton with kid gloves. That That is, that is interesting. And it's not going to get out there a lot uh, because of the partisan dynamics here. Um, but he comes across as just a terrible schmuck. Uh, throughout the text messages. Back to the phones we go. Ann and Roswell, thanks for being patient, Ann. Hi, Eric. Thank you so much for taking my call. Sure. I um, It's just really, really sad about the IG report. 
because we cannot have two sets of laws. It must be mm-hmm. the same law for all. Yep. And for Democrats, for Republicans, uh, for America, we have to stand up and question, ask questions, because if we go back and look at any other cases that may be fairly similar to to this particular case with Mrs. Clinton, allowing her attorneys and friends and and business partners to be in on these meetings Mm -hmm. or writing out what her uh, non-punishment was going to be months before speaking with her. You know, and look, I, I got a hard break coming, so I, I want to agree with you. I, I, I got to let you go there. But uh, to your point, uh, David Limbaugh and I, Rush's brother, we, we were just, um, I was sending him a note about this, that yes, there are a lot of people who are convinced that there are two Americas, one where the justice system works if you're politically connected and one where it doesn't if, if you're not. And that's what this report shows. Uh, there were those at the top of the FBI, James Comey being one of them, who were shaping this investigation around Hillary Clinton because she was Hillary Clinton. You even got Strzok complaining that the Justice Department was treating her with kid gloves because she may be president. That's wrong. That's not the way this is supposed to work in the United States. There absolutely fundamentally was and is a double standard, and this report shows it. It is 39 after the hour. The phone number is 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Fascinating bit here in the Inspector General's report. Uh, In an exchange on February 4th, 2016, uh, Agent 1, there are five agents involved. Agent 1, that they don't use names. Agent 1 and an FBI employee who is not assigned to the Clinton investigation discussed Agent 1's interview with the witness who assisted the Clintons at their Chappaqua resident. Part of this exchange follows. FBI employee, boom, how did the witness go? Agent, awesome, light his butt off. Went from never inside the sensitive compartmentalized information facility, the SCIF, to at residence, to looked in the SCIF when it was being constructed, to remove the trash twice, to troubleshot the secure facts with Hillary Clinton a couple times, to every time there was a secure facts, I did it with uh, Hillary Clinton. Ridiculous. The FBI employee. Would be funny if he's the only guy charged in this. Uh, agent. I know. Um, if, even if he said the truth and didn't have a clearance when handling the secure facts, ain't no one gonna do blankety blank. We asked Agent 1 about the implications of this message that no one would be charged irrespective of what the team found. The agent replied, yeah, I I don't think I can say that's a specific person that I worked with in this case that wouldn't charge him for that. I think it's just a general complaint of, you know, of FBI agents that are just not going to do something related to that. There you have it. Um... Just uh, the whole thing is just filled with double standards that uh, you would never be given these breaks. You you would never be given these breaks. Let's go back to the phone. Uh, da, 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 da. I want to go to um, David on line seven. Welcome. Hello, Eric. Hi there. Listen, listen, in in other Casey Cagle. Uh-huh. In 2008, the economy was so bad that 
people were dumping properties down there. Mm-hmm. And right now, if he only sold it last year, I don't think that he even got a good deal on it. He should have made more money than that, a higher percentage. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think that they're not, they're just throwing this out there because of the election. Yeah. I, I'm. It's a big story. It's in the New York Times, but it. I don't know that this is going to sway anybody's vote on on Casey Cagle. I, I think the bigger issue, David, is, is is there a drip 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 effect, and it's the cumulative weight of stories, not this individual story. That in and of itself, it's it's kind of a. It's not individually. I don't think it's as big a story as as some would have you believe. Drew and Monroe, you're next. Welcome. Hey, thanks for taking the call, Eric. How are you doing tonight? Good. How are you? Hey, doing well, man. Um, I I just called agree. I agree with David. Uh, you know, you're right there after the burst of the real estate bubble, the peak 2006. Um, and my experience, my wife is a real estate appraiser. Actually, uh, does all residential property. Uh, our experience is that the county tax assessors, city tax assessors, are frequently overshooting, right? despite what some of the other data may indicate just based on personal experience, what we've done for our own properties and other friends that we've kind of helped out. And, I mean, the third point is for a $100,000, $127,000 condo in Atlanta near Georgia State, it can't really have been that nice of a property to begin with. <laughs> yeah, apparently for his sons, yeah. Yeah, didn't want to stay there himself. Yeah, you that- know, I I just don't think, I, again, that there's just much story there. I think, yeah, and, like, and, and see, David listen, said. I I agree with you on that as well. And it's it really, really freaking hard to prove um, that yeah. he used his influence to to buy this thing for less. I mean, the, the Fulton County property appraisal people flagged it. But at the same time, and, and thanks, by the way, for the phone call. At the same time, you can't really prove it. Um, I think the only relevance to this particular story is if there is the drip, drip, drip of ethics and impropriety. Um, you got the you got him, you got Cagle himself admitting he was trying to deprive Hunter Hill of money, uh, and so he passed legislation he thought was bad. You got Lindsey Tippins claiming uh, Cagle wanted the money for himself. You got the, I mean, it's an accumulated way. If if there's an accumulated stories, I think they have an impact. But this this one in and of itself, yeah, I don't know that there's a there there. Um, some people, if there's an accumulated weight, will say, well, there's so much smoke, there must be fire. But uh, I don't know that there's a lot of smoke in this story. Uh, by the way, there's another story. Uh, Dale Russell, the investigative reporter, has a story he's working on. He, he tweeted about it a little while ago. Uh, there's a year-old invo- uh, arson involving the insurance commission uh, candidate. Um, no, his signs are still everywhere. The, the Republican and uh, Jim Beck, and it's under review right now, and speculation the Georgia Bureau of Investigation may be brought in. Um, Dale Russell reporting that. Keep your eye on this story. We'll see. Um, You know, I suspect in the age of Trump, this is going to be the Democrats' tactic. It's going to be the drip, 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 drip of stories alleging impropriety. Uh, there is Republican or there is voter data out in Georgia now suggesting that suburban Republicans actually are getting turned off to the GOP brand and new voters in Georgia, even those who have registered as Republican in the past or voted in Republican primaries are overwhelmingly beginning to vote Democrat um, because there's it, it, it's almost as if there's political burnout 
people are thinking maybe if I just give up now, I'll we can move on. I'm tired of this sort of stuff. I, I and I get it. I, I I get it. It wears you out. Um, but I think putting a bunch of Democrats in charge right now probably isn't the thing we need as a nation. Just because, well, uh, well, I mean, look at the attacks on Chick Fil A. They're just going to be bolded by that attacks on guns and whatnot. Um, interestingly enough, I saw the Babylon Bee has a story out that. Uh, yeah, you know, President Trump is is under fire for a meeting with the a nation that commits genocide. The Babylon Bee headline is Kim Jong Un under under attack for meeting with nation that kills sixty million children. Hmm, hmm, puts that in perspective, doesn't it? I continue to make my way through the Inspector General's report. Um, Just one moment here. Uh, One point to make. And that is this. Republicans and Democrats are, for the rest of our lives, it seems, going to argue over who should be indicted, Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump. I personally think it is bad precedent. Um, Hillary Clinton lost at the polls. Uh, she and her husband now marginalized, um, and I think it is a terrible precedent to set. Uh, if they continue to pursue her, uh, Republicans do. If they try to indict her, it, then it's going to come back on Donald Trump and and his kids, and this is going to spiral out of control. I, I I think it's a and in fact I think that's one reason why we're not seeing it happen, is because saner heads recognize what will actually happen if Hillary Clinton were indicted. But that being said, but you and I, we, we can argue, we can agree, we can disagree, what have you. I think everyone, Republican and Democrat alike, sh- should be able to find common ground on the fact that FBI agents who leak to the media should be prosecuted. Because one of the things the Inspector General report shows is that a lot of FBI agents had very cozy relationships with reporters, uh, being taken to play golf, being taken to restaurants, being taken to events, uh, essentially being bribed for information. And they need to be prosecuted. They fundamentally need to go to jail for leaking, whether the leaks were about Trump or about Clinton. And the IG report shows they were leaking about both. You had Republican agents leaking about Clinton. You had Democrats leaking about Trump. They all need to go to jail. Every last one of them, round them up and put them in jail and teach a lesson. Clean house at the FBI.